Hello and welcome to Let It Be, podcast about... (laughs) 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 Oh my God. All right. Hello and welcome to Let It Be, a podcast about less doing and more being. This is episode 36. Brooke. Hello. Hello. Guess what, guys? We're in the same room. So this episode's going to be a little bit loose. We're not drunk. It will sound like we are. It is two o'clock in the afternoon. We are at a conference. We've skived off one of the sessions. And now that I have said, now now that I've put a timestamp on that, you'll be able to look up and see which sessions we skived off on. So good one, Kelly. But or yeah. is it two o'clock? Are you just oh, throwing people? Yeah, I actually might have just said two o'clock just to make it look like something else. Anyway, <laughs> since we're at a conference and since neither Brooke nor I are master networkers, nor do we like being around lots of people, and seeing as we didn't have a topic for this podcast approximately three minutes ago, <laughs> what we're going to be talking about today is comfort zones, seeing as we're both extremely out of our comfort zone today. Brooke, do you have anything to say about comfort zones? <laughs> Yeah, plenty. <laughs> How do you go at conferences? Like, because okay. you got to do them. They're a ne- they're a necessary evil. They are. Yeah. And evil is probably not the right word. Evil is probably a bit extreme. But they are a necessary evil. They're an important part of what we work in yep. and making and talking to people face to face. Because as tempting as it is to do everything online, nothing beats actually talking to people in real life. That's true. And I find it uncomfortable. Like it's not my it's not my greatest strength. People say if I ever tell someone that, they're like, you don't seem like that's the case. Mm. But that's because they can't see the screaming person inside my head. I with conferences, I have a conflicted relationship. I like I, I enjoy them once they're finished. <laughs> I enjoy looking back on them and saying, Well, that was worth the terror that and was the, a nice conversation yeah. I had with that person and that person. And I enjoy meeting people one on one and and like chatting with, I genuinely do. Like I don't dislike any of that. I think more than anything, it's just the overstimulation factor mm. for me. I mm. get quite like, head tired. Yes. Which I think is probably like, just testament to the fact that it's just out of my comfort zone and I'm having to sort of operate at a percentage that I don't normally have to operate on for a long period of time. It's the same as when I do a podcast interview with someone mm-hmm. who I don't know yeah. necessarily. Like My head's got to be really switched on all the time and kind of, picking up cues and and really paying attention and listening actively. And I think I'm quite quite a good listener, I think, which means that it takes a lot of energy to be an active listener Mm -hmm. and then an active participant in the conversation as well. So I do find it tiring. Yeah. But, yeah, once it's finished, I'm like, well, that was good. Yeah, I'm the same. I'm like, oh, yeah, that was such a great conference. But when I'm right in it, I think the thing I find tiring, other than – the fact that as an introvert, I find, yeah, it's the overstimulation mm. of being around a lot of people at once. I find tiring, and maybe, again, this is my holding myself to unnecessary standards thing, is I feel like I have to be the best version of myself, mm. especially as we're at a blogging conference where a lot of people know us through blogging and through podcasting. And so in my head, these people have formed an impression based on blog and podcast. Yep. 
So I think, okay, I need to be the person that I am in my blog and in our podcast. And that person is really the best version of me mm. for all intents and purposes. That's me at kind of my shiniest best. So then when I'm in a conference situation, it's like I need to be the brightest, shiniest version of Kelly, mm-hmm. which is, you know, easy to be in a 20-minute, 30-minute podcast. Yep. But when we're talking like an eight-hour day, I spend a lot of time thinking, am I being engaging and nice and friendly and approachable <laughs> and all those things? And, yes, I am overthinking it and, yes, I know this, but it doesn't stop me doing it. And so the way that I manage it is by frequent breaks in the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> That is my go-to strategy for feeling tired. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, it's, I think it's like I get so I do that bright and shiny best version of me thing and then I'll hit a point of, oh, okay, and I just do, yeah, need to mm. break. But it is amazing how how effective five minutes in a toilet cubicle is. Absolutely. <laughs> but I think going back to the idea of comfort zones, you know, I think that's you putting yourself outside your comfort zone willingly and you know, intentionally yeah, and knowing that good things happen outside that comfort zone, but then also having to retreat back into like a little, <laughs> a little you, mini comfort yeah, zone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like toilet. a cone of silence <laughs> for five minutes to just regenerate enough. And yeah. I think, I actually think that's a really nice analogy for what happens when we push ourselves out of our comfort zone. Mm. Like really good things happen and you make yourself open to things, but you like it's okay to then come back and, and be comfortable for a while. Yeah. And, you know, maybe that's where the value of what happened outside your comfort zone becomes apparent. You know, at the end of the yeah. conference, you're like, well, that was great. And this conversation was excellent. Like At this particular conference, I have met some of the most instrumental people in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's where I met Sabelle at the first, second pro blogger I came to. And like, it's where I met you. Mm-hmm. And, and that was an amazing day for you, wasn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> it was It was probably one of the top four days in my life. Obviously, the birth of my two children and the day I got married and then the day I met Kelly, right, without okay, which right. this would never be happening. Just imagine a world without this. <laughs> but, you know, it's great. I mean, I love this. It's kind of like all very circular and all very um, meta because, you know, we met at well, – we, I think we, we met online we did, and we yeah. chatted online, but then we met in real life thanks to this conference and then we've ended doing this podcast and then we have people coming up to us at this conference talking to us about the podcast and it's really weird to me and my brain is kind of like flipping out a little bit at how meta it all is and how interrelated it all is. Okay, so when people come up to you and talk about a conversation (laughs) that you and I have had, does that take you out of your comfort zone? Like do you feel like self-conscious when people talk about that? I feel not self-conscious. I just feel like I think I'm too busy going, wow, you listen to our podcast? Like, <laughs> being flattered. <laughs> yes. I'm too busy feeling good about myself to feel self conscious. Um, but no, it is lovely. It, like, I just had someone at lunch come up and say that, yeah, introduce herself and say, I recognized your voice. Oh, wow. Like, because I was sitting in the group next to you and I was like, wow, that's, and that's so spun out to me because, yeah, I mean, I was saying to her, like, you know, a year and a bit ago, somebody asked me, was I interested in podcasting? And I said flat out, no, <laughs> thank you, not at all. Um, because because podcasting was a huge step outside of my comfort zone. It's no, you don't get to edit your words. You have to think on your feet, mm-hmm. which are things I don't particularly love doing. And, yeah, so I was just like, nah, 
And then over the course of last year, I got interviewed on about 12 different podcasts. And certainly the first two podcasts, I was like, you've got to send me questions. I need to be able to prepare my answers. Don't give me any little, were they Dorothy Dixes, like mm. the surprise questions. Don't give me any of those because you won't get a good answer out of me. And then even then with all that preparation, at the end of both those podcasts, I said to the person involved, um, we need to do that again. <laughs> <laughs> Because I was like, I can be better. I can be so much better. There's things I didn't say as well as I could. I need to do it again. And they were like, no. That's not how this works. That's not how this works. And you were fine, honestly. So it was so interesting to me that a year ago, podcasting was something that was so far out of my comfort zone and it was something I just didn't even want to consider. And now I have two podcasts. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't say that podcasting is a comfort zone thing for me yet, but I am loving the way that every single week, I am forced to operate outside my comfort zone and it's really, it's a huge challenge to my natural perfectionism. But, you know, I still, after every podcast, like the next day I go, oh, I could have said this. And I like, I listen back over to all our podcasts as well. And like, we'll be having a conversation in the podcast and I'll be, and I'll think of something that I could have said (laughs) better or I could have said this. Why didn't I say that? And it's frustrating to me, but also it's good for me to see that people are enjoying what we're doing despite the fact that to me it's not perfect. It's yeah. not edited. It's not anything. It's, you know, people do enjoy two people in conversation and they're not looking for the conversation to be a, a perfect conversation in any yeah. way. Which conversations aren't. Like conversations no. meander and stutter and, you know, people yeah. restart their sentences and stuff. But it's interesting that we still are drawn to the idea of making it perfect even though we know those things I know and I guess you think about like if you are listening to people because I think that's almost kind of what like certainly our format or Mm. our uh, the way that we do podcasts is is two people having a conversation and it's kind of like the intimacy of it like you know these people have said to me it's like I feel like you're my friends like you're in my ears I feel like I'm part of the conversation or I feel like I'm eavesdropping on a conversation between two friends and it is like so so intimate and you just don't get that intimacy with writing, yeah. which which is my preferred way of communicating, but you just don't get it, do you? So, yeah, I do love how podcasting has forced me out of my comfort zone, how I've actually managed to embrace being taken out of my comfort zone and I'm loving the rewards that are coming from that. Yeah. I think, do you think, you know, the, the cliche of, good things never come from within a comfort zone. Like I just butchered that. But do you know that, that yeah, cliche? Yeah, yeah. Like nothing nothing positive or earth-shattering ever comes from within your comfort zone. Do you believe that? No. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it and I like the idea of it. And the first time I saw it, I went, yeah, yeah. And I totally shared it on my Facebook page. And then um, a friend of mine kind of went, you know what, I think that's crap. And I like went and had to think about it. And I was like, yeah, do you know what? She's right. I do feel good things do come from comfort zones, but maybe not great things. Mm. There's a distinction. Yes. Yeah, that's actually, I think that's really true because mm. lots of good things happen when you're comfortable yeah. and plodding along in life in a, in a way that makes you content and happy. Mm. And, but sometimes if you do push yourself outside your comfort yeah. zone, that's when a breakthrough can happen. Or, yeah, and, and that's what I think. It's the breakthrough yeah. things that happen that kind of mind-blowing. I never thought I could achieve that, yes. do that. Reach like that sending person. the email that you're terrified to send or making the phone call, any phone call because I hate phone calls. <laughs> any phone call, yes. <laughs> but or going up to the person at the conference, saying hello or anything, pushing yourself in a in a sporting event and 
trying (laughs) things that are way outside your comfort zone. That's the breakthrough. And I think actually I think sometimes to see the benefit or the value of that, you do need to come back into it. And yeah. I don't know, be I, I couldn't possibly operate. I'm not an extreme enough person to operate outside a comfort zone all the time. Like that doesn't appeal to me. So yeah, I, I, I can't speak to what that would be like. But I know for me, coming back and sort of settling back into a normal rhythm or, or you know, what have you, that's where I can actually appreciate the breakthrough. Because mm. I think like when we are operating outside of comfort zones, we're c- confronting fears. And like I think you have to have a very certain – addictive almost kind of mindset to be like loving the fear when you're in the fear moment Mm. I think like for you people like you and me like we do need to be able to yeah just do the thing feel the fear do it anyway freak out inside our head while we're having the conversation but we're not we're not enjoying that moment we know that we're pushing ourselves and we know that we're taking ourselves outside of where we really want to be we know we're going to benefit from it but we're definitely not feeling the benefit in, in the, the moment. Mo- in the moment. Yeah, it's a rare time that I would have. I mean, there'd be times where there was someone that I wanted to speak to and I go up and speak to them and it goes incredibly well and halfway yeah. through the conversation, I'm like, look at me, this is awesome, I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> Just but quietly, um, Brooke is doing a fist pump yeah. at the moment. <laughs> I was actually referencing the moment that I met Kelly. <laughs> I did fist pump, didn't I? That's awesome. <laughs> but I think two things happen, for me anyway. Like I'll kind of retreat back into my little bubble or a place that I feel comfortable for a while and and that was great you know but what also happens as a result of that is a slight stretching of my comfort zone yeah and then the next time maybe this thing is something that I want to do I'll be slightly less terrified or slightly less intimidated or far Mm. more uh you know far more likely to say just do it just try it and I think that that's something that personally I can only acknowledge once I've moved past that yeah whatever it is that you know that achievement or that that obstacle but my comfort zone has definitely expanded over the past few years and I think part of that is Mm self-awareness which is something that we always come back to Uh, and I think part of it is taking some measure of pride in the things that we do Mm -hmm. that take us outside our comfort zone which is that's a big thing for me to even admit that I do (laughs) that you have grown well it's it's embracing a a growth Mm. mindset and I guess like this is something I'm kind of quite a bigger fan of you know we've heard the um i think it's carol i'm not going to say the word it might be carol schweik but i'm not sure that's the right name who's done that research into having you know the fixed mindset and the growth mindset yeah. and the fixed mindset is like you know this is you know there's a ceiling on what i can achieve and once i get to that point in time that's it you know it's those people who at the start of the year go i don't need new year's resolutions because i'm good as i am mm-hmm. and i'm kind of like well you know, it's people who resist that whole self-improvement thing. And, of course, me, I'm the opposite. I'm like, you know, we should be – we don't have to be making these massive gains every single day, but I feel like if we should all be embracing a growth mindset and just pushing ourselves. We don't have to take massive – we don't have to go and bungee jump or anything. Yeah. But it is, like you said, it's like making that phone call, sending that email, approaching that person – these are all tiny little things that we do, but they expand that comfort zone. And the more our comfort zone expands, like so, you know, <clears throat> if you think of it as a literal circle, like in the in the beginning, like you might to get one centimeter beyond your comfort zone might be this massive thing. But all of a sudden, once you've made all those steps, now your comfort zone is at one centimeter bigger, and now you've got access to the things that are two centimeters exactly. beyond. And you know, it, it, the opportunities are just so massive when you make those all those tiny little steps 
to it. And I think too often we get caught up thinking we do have to do really massive things yeah. to push ourselves. Um, you know, I've got to train for a marathon. I've got to go do an ultra, you know, 100K run. That, and it's like, well, no, you can just, you know, especially if you only can run 2Ks down the street, how about you go do a 5K <laughs> first and then and then take the next step and do a 10K? And it's these small incremental things are so much more effective and allow us to grow so much more than just, yeah, expecting ourselves to make massive, big, huge comfort zone forays. Yeah. Take the small, small steps. And that's, yeah, there's a, I look at this conference and I, I think I've been to it seven times. Is this the eighth year? This is the seventh. Seventh year. So I've been to it six times. And the first year I knew one person. I kid you not, I literally stood in the corner and I did not talk to anybody. If someone talked to me, it was all right. But I literally did not initiate a single conversation, not with one person, until there was drinks afterwards. I had three champagnes and then I was able to approach one person. <laughs> And it was someone I had spoken to online previously, so and he knew who I was, and I just went up and said hi. But previous to that, I literally did not talk to a single person. But and so the next year, I went. That's ridiculous. Here's make a list of people that you want to talk to, have a one-liner to talk to mm-hmm. them about, and you have to like touch base with those ten people. And so I just you know made that tiny little push outside my comfort zone the the second year and now you know we're into the sixth or seventh year you and I are both speaking Mm -hmm. we know lots of people out there and it's it's such an evolution it's an interesting evolution this conference is quite like a bit of a microcosm of my life almost it's it's a really interesting way to kind of explore the idea of comfort zone though because I was really similar the first one I I came to (laughs) I knew nobody and really struggled I felt really out of my depth yeah and every year I guess incrementally it's shifted yep. and some years are more comfortable than others and that's got to do with circumstance and you know mm-hmm. everything but I think sometimes we don't realize how much our comfort zone has expanded until we yeah. look back at what it used to look like <laughs> and all of a sudden you go well that was pretty small and now it's a bit bigger yeah. or you know the things that would have freaked us out a couple of years ago mm. no longer terrify us and this is not just about this conference it's just life in general yep. I mean but you're right I I couldn't I don't think I could nominate like a change in my life that came from one big massive yeah exactly incremental changes and that's in regards to every change that I've made in my life over the last five years of which there's been a lot they they've all come down to the things that I do every day yeah you know that the saying we are what we repeatedly do Mm -hmm. and if we repeatedly just continue to improve incrementally whether that's, you know, improving a particular area of life or pushing outside our comfort zone or doing something every day that makes us a little bit nervous or, mm-hmm. you know, and in those really tiny choices and actions is huge change. And I yep. think if, more, if if people were able to like harness that actively and mindfully, uh, like, you'd experience such massive change over time. Yeah. I well, think part question. of it's impatience though too. And I know that's <laughs> yeah. been my, that's been an <laughs> obstacle for me as well. I'm like, but I just want to get to the result. Like I just want that thing to happen. Yeah. You know, or, or look at someone who I admire and say, I want to replicate their level of success or influence or whatever. Yeah. You know, but I just want to get there. And what we fail to see, because we don't want to see it, is every single day the the actions that they've taken to get mm. there and we're not hearing that we're not having that documented and i just wonder because um we've spoken before about confidence and i just wonder like a lot of people i, I spend a lot of time thinking because for my kids how do i teach them to be confident kids and I mean, you have said in the past how you are not a naturally confident person so 
But do you find those tiny little, all those tiny steps outside of your comfort zone each time you feel the payoff of that? Is that a confidence boost? Yeah. If I if I am like self-aware and kind enough to say to myself, that was a good, <laughs> like that was a big thing to do. That was yeah. great. You should celebrate that. You know, and then I've got this like duality in my head yeah. going, yay, Brooke, you idiot, that wasn't enough, you know, and it's like this inner <laughs> so mean it, girl pipes up. Oh, damn but, inner mean. So it's like you've, you've got to have, you've got to be able to give yourself the credit yep. in order for it to exactly. give you the confidence. Yeah, and I think that's really important. That's a skill and that's a practice, I think, mm. that I've worked on over the years and I'm getting better at it, you know, to say that was really worthwhile and worthwhile celebrating and like pat on the back or gold star you know <laughs> I know Kelly loves God, gold stars, love my gold stars. <laughs> yeah so I but I do think confidence is definitely really intrinsically tied up in all of that like mm. I don't think that you know, confidence isn't an issue that everyone everyone struggles with yeah but I think to some level everyone does I think I definitely I mean I would think I'm probably the most naturally confident person I know and again, I don't really know yet, understand where that's come from. I think it's just inbuilt in me. But I still have lots of moments of lacking confidence. Yeah. And I do find that it's when I take those little scary steps or do those scary things, and they don't always pay off. Mm. But w- what I learn is when they don't pay off and something stupid, like, you know, I email someone and they go no, um, which doesn't happen very often, by the way. You kind of get a no but. But if they kind of go, no, because I got like a no and a subtext, you're such an idiot, you know, maybe about three or four months ago. And I was like, oh, okay. But then I realized like I didn't die when they did that. (laughs) And I think that in like even like you step outside the comfort zone doesn't pay off. It still means you've expanded the comfort zone because you realize that wasn't so bad. Yeah. Trying things doesn't hurt yeah, you know exactly. necessarily you yeah. know unless I try to jump out the window or something and it's where 24 is up at the moment that, um, would, that would hurt but generally speaking yeah the more I try and the more that I find out that even trying and failing doesn't hurt yeah as you say that all of that helps to expand that comfort zone and it's yeah yeah I'm in really like I've never been a conference person I've always hated them I would never dream of going to a networking like anything if you put a networking in front of something I am not there but yesterday I went to that there was a networking thing in the afternoon I went to it I was fine you were fine I was yeah. standing above you on the balcony <laughs> being an introvert and Kelly seems completely confident this is fish out of water my ass she is in her element I will confess that I kind of went there, found myself in the middle of it, and then I was like, is this a networking thing? <laughs> Damn it, I'm in the wrong place. Like, oh, okay, I'm in a network thing. Okay, this is not too – because ordinarily I would have went, is this a networking thing? What the hell? I'm out of here. But I stayed. I the expanded that comfort zone, <laughs> yeah, Kel. I was quite proud of myself. I will go to – there's networking drinks tonight. I will also go to those all the – under ordinary circumstances, no way in hell I would go back to my room, order room service. I did say on Facebook the other night that if I wasn't already married, I would marry room service. It is the best thing in the entire world. Room service is rocking my world. <laughs> so, yeah. so You know, I think we tied this one together really nicely considering. <laughs> Honestly, guys, half an hour ago we were in an elevator going 
So what are we going to talk about? I don't know. Let's make this the podcast that's like Seinfeld. It will be an episode about nothing. (laughs) (laughs) We just knocked it out of the park. And I was terrified because I like my notes. I like being prepared. We have nothing, nothing Nothing for this episode. And I'm very I know. I never have notes normally, but Kelly always (laughs) has notes. This is what Brooke's doing to me. Brooke, every single time I record with her, pushes me outside of my comfort zone because because there's there's no format, there's no notes, there's no structure. It's- you know, I didn't realize when we first started how difficult that like how how different we were as well, and yeah. how like you've given heaps and I haven't given it all. Yeah. I am going to map out the next thing with a script, and you're going to follow it, damn it. But yeah, no, it's fun. It's fine because with my other <laughs> podcast with with Carly, when I do Straight and Curly, we are fully like we've got not a script, but we've got the full notes. structure yes, mapped out, and it's great. And that kind of kind of gets me through for this one. <laughs> I appreciate you expanding your comfort zone for me, Kelly. And I appreciate you forcing me out of sight of my comfort zone and expanding how far it goes. So thank you. Thank you, Brooke. You're very welcome. Now let's go and get a drink. <laughs> thank you for listening to this episode of Let It Be. If you want to connect with Kelly or myself, you can find us on social media. Kelly is at Kelly Exeter on Twitter. And on Facebook, if you search for A Life Less Frantic, you will find her there. And on uh, Twitter, I'm at Brooke McCallery. And on Facebook, I'm at Slow Your Home. And uh, if you wanted to either reach out to us on Twitter, you can use hashtag LetItBePod or uh, head over to LetItBe.fm and you can find our show notes and other information about the show. And finally, if you wanted or felt you know, the desire to leave us a rating or a review on iTunes, that would be wonderful. And, um, you know, we, we read them all and we appreciate you taking the time to listen and then uh, tell us what you think. Jackrabbit FM. For your ears. Who is that? Hi, Puck Pass.